Thank you for joining us one more time. Welcome to Zion Hill Bible Study. I'm Joshua Joy Darren. You know me. <laughs> Today we're going to be studying the book of Joshua. That's why I told you my name. <laughs> this is one of the best books in the Word of God. And I will tell you why in a minute. But before, let me give you a brief introduction about the book. Believe me when I tell you, the book of Joshua is not really about Joshua's hero. The book is not named after him to show off the person of Joshua. In fact, believe it or not, the many of the book Joshua means Yahweh saves. In other words, it's about God, not about Joshua. If you never hear anything I have to say today, remember that simple reality. God is the one that can save you. God is the one that can save me in time of trouble. And believe me when I tell you, because we live in this crazy world, you and I are going to need God to save us from time to time. So the book, in, in terms of introduction, is about God's intervention in the life of man. It's not so much about Josh. Let me tell you something else about the book of Joshua. It's about conquest and remembrance. See, the whole book, all you're going to see is conquering, the people fighting, their enemy, and they're winning, and then they remember. You'll hear them build a memorial. You will see them build an altar. I mean, because they want the, the, the children, the generation to come to understand what God has done for them. Can I tell you something that is often missing in our lives today? God brought us a mighty long way. God performed so many miracles in my life, in your life, but we neglect to let our children know how the Lord brought us. Now we are, we are raising a generation of children that don't know the importance of God in their life. That thing coming to church is just another function. Something you do as a hobby. Some of them will say, mom and dad just love church. <laughs> if they only know what you know, if they only know what I know about God, how Yeshua came through for us so many times. When you think of things that could have happened to you, when you think of things that almost happened, and yet, you look over your life, you see you are still here. My friend, you have a testimony. I have a testimony. Oh, Lord, I can, I can publish a book about how the Lord brought me. 
I actually have a journal. I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I hope someday one thing that my children would learn and discover about me is the journals of God's goodness, journals of God's grace, how he brought me, how he fed me, how he made me. You know what I'm trying to tell you? The book of Joshua is not just about their success story, how many battles they won, but they build a memorial. They remember. God literally tell them, build a memorial so that when your children and your children's children ask you in the future, what meaneth these stones? Mama, why, why is this? then you can tell them, this is how where God delivered us. Ebenezer, this is how God brought us. Let me tell you a little story before I go on concerning myself. I used to work for a company called Jack in the Box. I was a cook there. Actually, I started out as a dishwasher. Then by the grace of God, I got promoted. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I began to cook. I know how to flip burger. Whoo, Jesus. I know that job so well. I know all the items on the menu. I mean, while some people are taking the orders at the window, even before they, they pass it to me on the computer, I mean, I can flip that burger. I know it so well. I don't even need a timer to cook the burger. My, my, my inner clock has been so programmed that I can just flip burger after burger. But guess what I did after the Lord promoted me? I kept my uniform. I kept my hat. I kept my name tag. You wonder why I did that? I want my children and my children's children to know in the near future that daddy was not always a rich man. The daddy was not always a big shot. I want them to see the picture of humble beginning, how the Lord brought me. The book of Joshua is very much like that. It's about the people of God and how God brought them, how God helped them to overcome all their many, many enemies. Some, one songwriter put it this way. He said, through many dangers, toys and snare. He said, let me tell you my story. I have already come. Then he concluded, he said, it was grace. The grace of God that brought me. You know what I'm trying to tell you, my friend? Your children needs to know about your testimony. My children needs to know about my testimony. Our children's children needs to know how God's faithfulness brought us from a, a life of amazing grass to a life of amazing grace. The book of Joshua, for you and I to really appreciate it, let's do a quick review so that you see how this book connects with other books. The Bible, I always tell you, is very profound and yet very simple. Everything is connected. We start out by letting you know God has this idea of having fellowship 
with you and me. He created the planet Earth. And if you recall, he put Adam, the first creature, over there to manage the whole Earth and to make things happen. But Adam failed. When Adam failed, then he raised up Noah. And you will recall we told you about the story of the flood. But eventually, Noah, the second Adam, also failed. You can put yourself in the position of God. Here you have all these people that you are raising them, you're blessing them, you're doing miracles in their life, and they kept letting you down. After the failure of Noah, God sought for another man and found Abraham. And God promised Abraham just like he did to Adam, just like he did to Noah. He said, I will raise you up. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will make your name great. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Please permit me to take a quick side journey. Do you realize that those promises by God is also for you? You say, what do you mean? My name is not Abraham. You're right. But the Bible says in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, verse 14, and then you get to verse 29, you will see some profound thing about what I'm telling you now, how it relates to you. The Bible says in Galatians 3, verse 13, say Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. How? Being made a curse because the Bible says, curse is anyone who hang on the tree. Then verse number 14 of Galatians 3 says, all of this happened so that the blessings of, guess what? Abraham, the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles that we might obtain grace. Guess who are the Gentiles that the New Testament is talking about? <laughs> you and me. <laughs> And guess what the New Testament is saying? Because of what Jesus did, we now have access to the blessings of Abraham. Remember what God told Abraham when he raised him up? I will bless you. I will make your name great. Through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I mean, he just laid out. All of that is available to you and me today. And then you remember how the, the children of Abraham became what we know today as Israel. Those are the descendants of Abraham. And you will also recall how we talk about how they became slaves in Egypt. And then Abraham died. His children became slaves in Egypt. And then after 430 years, God raised up somebody by the name Moses. Be patient with me. We're about to enter the book of Joshua now. Moses delivered the people of Israel from Egypt. And they escaped Exodus. 
And then they found themselves in the wilderness. And you will remember while they're in the wilderness, God wrought many miracles for them. But one thing I do want to call your attention to is that in that wilderness, God gave them a covenant. They made a deal with God. I wish I have a lot of time to break this down. Do you realize that that same God is still a deliverer today? It don't matter what Pharaoh have enslaved you. I wish I could testify many times, many times when I felt enslaved, sometimes enslaved by sin, sometimes enslaved by the Pharaoh of this world, sometimes enslaved by poverty, sometimes enslaved by, by sicknesses and disease. Guess who brought me? I feel like shouting already. That same God that healed me when I'm sick. That same God that made a way for me when I had no, no friend, no relative, just a play old African boy in a foreign country. That same God is your God. Maybe you're going through some, some trials right now. My friend, please permit me to, just to minister to you. I, I can't help myself when I see how much God has done for me. I want to build somebody up. I want to encourage somebody. I want to remind you that that same God is your God. I'm not more holy than you. In fact, don't be surprised that you are more holy than me. <laughs> God is no respecter of person. What is done for someone, he'll do it also for you. That's a good place for you to shout amen. I believe with all my heart, no matter what challenge you're facing right now, God is able to bring you out. Say amen to that. <laughs> God raised up Moses, he brought them out. And then God made a deal with them. Commandments. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. I mean, just spell it out. And then God led them. Not only did God make a deal with them, a covenant, he led them. The Bible said the step of a good man are ordered by the Lord. By the way, do you realize if you will allow God to lead you, you can never go astray. Hallelujah. <laughs> what is it you're working on right now? What vision are you, are, you, are you dealing with? What dream? I wish I could sit down with you one day and just get a, a cup of cold, diet cold, and some chicken wings. <laughs> so I can, we can compare notes. I hope and pray you're working on a dream or some project, some vision, God. I hope you're pregnant with a miracle. You're believing God for a breakthrough in your life. Hallelujah. I love people like that. The Lord can help you to get through your dream, to make things happen. God made a deal with these people and God led them. My point to you is that God can lead you on that project. God can lead you 
in that pursuit. God can lead you on your job. God can lead you in your ministry. In fact, God wants to lead you in whatever you're working on, your business, your family, parenting, your children. I mean, name it. God literally led them. A pillar of cloud by day. They never have to worry about their head being born out. A pillar of fire by night. They never have to worry about walking in darkness. And God did that for them for 40 long years. You know what I'm trying to say to you? You and I got hope in Jesus Christ. Then Moses who led them. Keep in mind, this were more than 2 million people. That's a, that's a big church, folks. <laughs> I see Moses like a pastor. That's why I study him to the letter. So I can learn what he does, how he does it. Now Moses died. I told you, Moses never entered the promised land. He died at a point that they were about to enter the promised land. And then he appoints this man called Joshua as their new leader. So the book of Joshua starts right after the death of Moses. And now we have a new leadership. The first thing that Joshua did to the people, just like his predecessors, he called everybody. He said, look, let's not forget the commandments of the Lord. Let's walk in obedience. And God says something. I don't want you to forget one, one, one passage in the book of Joshua. I use it every day. It's the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. God, you know what got my attention? God literally quote Moses. Let me help all of you preachers out there. You know, <laughs> when you are so good that God have to quote you, trust me. <laughs> you are really anointed. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. God speaking to Joshua. He said, be strong. Be courageous. I will be with you in everything you do. Wow. I don't know about you. I, I bite on that verse. It helps me every day. Moses said the same very word to the people of Israel. And it's interesting, God is now repeating the same commitment to Joshua. I believe that's true for you and me also. Whatever you are backing on right now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's not easy being a parent. It's not easy being a businessman. It's not easy trying to, 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 to work on a job, to go up the ladder. It's not even easy trying to pass to any church. But let that word of God sink in your spirit. Be strong. Be courageous. I will be with you. That's God talking to you, my friend. I will strengthen you. God is committed to bless the work of your hand. 
Oh, I wish you would receive that today. If you only know how much God cares for you, your life would never be the same again. Joshua assembled all the people, told them, look, let's play just like, just like Moses told them. Let's play by the rule so we can be blessed. And then the next thing in the book of Joshua, so he said, okay, let's go now. Because they were right at the verge of entering the promised land. Then there's something called River Jordan. They have to cross that river to enter into the promised land. And the Bible says when the people of God, when they were coming, you know how they do it? They were shouting, they were, they were clapping, they were rejoicing, they were marching. And they, they just knew that their faith is pumped up under new leadership. They, they know who they are as children of God. They know what has prom what God has promised to their fathers and their fathers more fathers. This is a new generation. You know, the old ones have died in the wilderness because of their disobedience. This younger generation, they are excited. They are going. They are pumped up. And when River Jordan hear their voice, Hear their praise, hear their worship. The Bible says Jordan backed off. Hallelujah. I can shout there. Every trouble that hears your praise will back off in the name of Jesus Christ. You know what is often missing in your life and my life? We're too quiet when it comes to praise. We are too quiet when it comes to worship. That is why a lot of our problem. A lot of our Jordan is staring us in the face. When you truly learn to praise God, when praises go up, guess what is coming down? Blessings. Blessings. Try it and see, my friend. Jordan was a roaring river. But when he heard God's people when they start to sing, when they start to sing, when they start to praise God, when they start to just worship, Jordan say, oh, no, I better get out of the way. You know what is so amazing about God? Somebody said he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Right by the time that the devil think he's got you by the throat, right by the time that you think all your friends are gone, Right by the time you think your, your back is against the wall, God will show up and God will show out. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting right now. Don't let the devil steal your praise. Are you listening to me, my brother, my sister? Don't even wait until you get to church before you praise God. You can praise him in your living room. You can praise God in your dining room. You can praise God in your bedroom. You can praise God in your car. You can praise God on the highway. You can praise God in the shower. I mean, let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. You know why that's important? The more you praise God, the more you shadow God, the more you rejoice in the Lord, the more every roaring Jordan will back off at the sound of your praise. Let me say one more thing before I move on. Do you remember their fathers, how God helped 
their fathers to cross the Red Sea. That's the same kind of miracle, isn't it? Now, this is Joshua's Red Sea. Just like God helped Moses to cross Red Sea, God now helped the new leader to cross Jordan. God said, just like I've been with Moses, I, I got your back. If you don't hear anything I have to say tonight, get this revelation. God's got your back. I don't care how many people rise up against you. They won't prosper. God has your back. Say amen to that. They cross River Jordan. The next thing they journey, they enter the beautiful land, the promised land that God promised their forefather over 500 years ago. There's another lesson there. When God tells you something, you can bank on it. He may not come when you want him. But believe me when I tell you, he will always be right on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. <laughs> you can tell I'm enjoying myself. I just love the Bible. I can't help myself. You know, as soon as they enter the promised land, Joshua did something significant. You know, first, he gave them that speech. Remember all the promises of God. Now, once they get in, guess what he did? He called every one of them to be circumcised. One day I will teach on circumcision. There's the circumcision of the flesh. There's the circumcision of the heart. Hallelujah. They all got circumcised, their flesh. And then the next thing Joshua did, all of them celebrate what we call the Passover. You remember Passover, their forefather experienced that in Egypt land. When God told them, when I, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. So they celebrated the Passover. Hallelujah. Is the blood of Jesus in your household, on your doorpost, so that when the enemy come, when they see the blood, they can't touch you. They can't even enter your house. COVID-19 cannot come near you. COVID-14, 15 or whatever number they give to you, it won't touch you. Hallelujah. Say amen. <laughs> Once they finish, by the way, that's chapter 1 through chapter 5. The whole book of Joshua is divided into four sections. The first one, the first section, is the entry into the promised land. They've just done that. The second section is that once they enter the land, they have to fight so many battles. And the third section is that after they won all the victories, then they divide up the land. All the tribes. This is your section. The, the, the tribe of, uh, of Simeon. This is your section. Tribe of Judah. That's your section. Tribe of Benjamin. I mean, they divide up the land. Ah, that's a powerful, powerful summer. And the last section, the fourth section, is when Joshua did, just like Moses, he gave them his final speech. 
Let me walk you through each of those sections. The first section is what I just completed, how they made entry into the promised land. They crossed Jordan. They circumcised themselves. They reminded themselves of the law. And they took and celebrated the Passover. Now they started the second section of the book, chapter 6, is where it starts. And they start to fight all these battles. All these people in Canaan, they don't want them in their, in their country. Remember, they have to fight the town of Jericho. They have to fight the city of Ai. They have to fight the Gibeonites. I mean, five kings of Canaan gathered around them. They had to fight so many battles. And God, let me tell you, I hope I don't have to say much about it. The first battle of Jericho, the one thing I want to remind you, because you know about it, you know, they've seen Joshua feed the battle of Jericho. You know, you know the Bible story. But what I want you to see is the significance, this, the theological significance of that battle. Did you know that the people of Israel didn't have to fight? Not a single bullet was fired. They only have to march around and praise God, and the walls came tumbling down. There's a lot of lessons there. Number one, obedience. God told them, you got to march around. Number two, ladies and gentlemen, praise. When they shouted, the wall came down. And number three, notice that God fought the battle. They were just spectators. I can stop being shout all day. When are you going to give your battle to the Lord? That burden your car right now. All the load, all the perplexity. And now you're losing your hair and your face is getting all wrinkled and you can't even sleep at night. You're pacing the floor. When are you going to grab hold of the revelation that this battle is not yours? It is the Lord. I'm not trying to be hard on you. I have to learn that lesson myself. In my 61 years of living, I've had to fight many battles. My hair was turning gray, and I was losing my, my cool and just, just frowning and walking defeated. But when I learned to give it to Jesus, my life has never been the same again. The battle is the Lord. It was God who caused the walls of Jericho to come down. And I pray right now that every wall of Jericho in your life, in my life, God will cause every one of them to fall, to, to come down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I see deliverance taking place right now. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Victory in our finances. Victory in our health. Victory in our family life. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will touch your people right now. Every wall of Jericho, I command it to fall, fall flat at the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what? They left Jericho and they have to confront the city of 
I, and they got their behind kicked. They lost the battle. What's the difference? They just won in Jericho. Why do they lose this second battle? I'll tell you why. Number one, one of them is a traitor. I preached a sermon in my church not too long ago. I know we have a lot of international audience. I just want to share with you what God is doing here in the U.S. I preached to my people. I told them, don't be a sellout. Don't sell your people out. Don't be a traitor. God commanded the people of Israel, when you get to this city, destroy everything. I have given it to you. But one gentleman by the name Achan, he kept some of the goods. He was stealing. That's what sin would do. Sin will cause defeat in your life, in my life. That's why they lost. You and I can learn from that. Another thing significant I don't want you to miss in this book of, of Joshua is that once they enter the promised land, the next thing Joshua confronted, he ran into a very big, a huge guy. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are you? Where are you from? He turned out that huge guy is actually an angel of the Lord. Joshua chapter 5, verse 14. Joshua asked him, Hey man, are you for us? Or are you with our enemies? So I know how to deal with you. And the answer was shocking. The man said, Neither. I'm not. I'm not on the side of anybody. I am an angel sent by God. All of a sudden, Joshua realized, oh my God, I'm dealing with some superman, some, some super being. So Joshua fell on his face to worship. And then Joshua asked him, what do I do now? That angel told Joshua, Take off your shoes. For the land where you are sitting right now is holy ground. You know why I'm calling your attention to this? There's something we call angelic encounter. Have you ever had an, an encounter with an angel? I have several times. Oh, I wish I could testify. But before I do that, please take note. Just like Moses had an encounter with God, with the bunny bush, and the Lord told him to take off his shoe. Now Joshua is experiencing his own burning bush. Isn't it amazing how the Bible is so interconnected? The same way God blessed Moses, God is blessing Joshua too. Joshua had his own Red Sea experience. Joshua had his own speech to the Israelites' experience, Joshua had his own burning bush experience. He had an angelic encounter. If I have to tell you how many times I've literally encountered an angel, you and I will be here for the next 24 hours or more. I never will forget <laughs> one time. I will try to be brief. My, my technical staffs are calling me to time. I was traveling from Houston, true story. Me and my wife 
late at night. Don't tell my wife I said, my wife believes when it comes to family travel, the husband should do the driving. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know. It's not African culture. That's just my wife. So, but this particular day we were coming from Houston, I was tired, physically exhausted. I really could use some help to drive the car. But I knew my wife not going to do it. Because as far as she's concerned, that's your job. So I'm trying to be macho. I was trying to hold on. I went to sleep while I'm driving. I mean, completely asleep. And all of a sudden, I thought I was dreaming or something. I just saw the, the police light behind me. So I woke up. Quickly, step on the brake. My wife said, what's wrong? Why are you stopping? I said, there's a police behind a baby. See the light? We're going to get tickets. And sure enough, I step on the brake, park the car, waiting for the police to approach me. My wife said to me, there is no police there. He said this, and we start an argument. I say, baby, you can't see the light still flashing because I look back again and I saw the light still flashing. Now I'm wide awake. We're actually arguing. My wife said, I couldn't see nothing. Wow, that blows my mind. And while we're arguing just like husband and wife on this thing, and all of a sudden, I noticed the light was gone. It was solid dark again behind me. And I'm asking myself, am I losing my mind or something? The Lord spoke to me. You are sound asleep. You're about to wreck the car and kill you yourself and your wife. And leave your children without parents. I sent an angel to wake you up. Now, stay awake. I'm talking about angelic encounter. Many times. Many times. I pray that God will give you an encounter. An encounter that will prosper you. An encounter that will launch you into your destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen. Joshua and the people entered the promised land. The next thing Joshua did. Just like Moses. It's amazing how the Bible is connected. Joshua sent spies into that promised land to check out the land, the rest of the land. Unlike Moses, you remember when Moses sent the spies, it was a disastrous report. Ten of them say, we cannot do it. But this time, the reports were much better. In fact, not only do they bring good reports, even some of the Canaanites, decided to buy and join the people of Israel. You remember the, the prostitute by the name Rahab? <laughs> Rahab was a prostitute. She was a Canaanite. She's not a Jewish person. But she chose to unite with the people of Israel. In fact, she ended up not only uniting with the Israelites, she ended up becoming 
getting the line that brought forth Jesus Christ as a savior. That's another profound story. I don't have enough time to dig into that today. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say to you is that they sent out the spies. This time, things turn out right. They fought many battles. Five Canaanite kings, not all the Canaanites, unite with the, with the Jewish people and say, welcome on board. We come, welcome to our neighborhood. Five kingdoms of Canaanite joined together to battle with Joshua and the people of Israel. And Joshua, by the help of God, making sure there is no sin in their camp. That's a lesson for you and me. No sin in the camp. They were able to defeat every five of those Canaanite kings. I'll tell you another thing that happened. This, and we're talking about chapter 16. I'm sorry, chapter 6 through chapter 16. Guess what happened now? It amazes me. In the middle of the battle, Joshua looked at the sun. You know, like the moon, the sun, the star. He looked at the star. And he told the son, you cannot close up today. As long as we are fighting, stay up. And he held, the Bible say, the son stands still. You know what I'm telling you? There's a miracle in your mouth. Listen, please, I beg, oh goodness gracious. I'm not talking about you being Baptist or Methodist or Koji or Church of God in Christ, Christ of God in Church, First Baptist, Second Baptist, Second Nazareth. Away with all those craziness. I'm, I mean, God bless you. Whatever you belong, I'm happy for you. Anglican, Methodist, Episcopal, Lutheran, whatever. Fine with me. But grab hold of who you are in Christ. There is life and death in your mouth. You have the same creative ability as God who created you. Joshua literally stopped the sun. Say, look, I'm taking care of business. We're in the middle of a battle. Sun don't go out because we can fight in the middle of the of darkness. And guess what? The sun obeyed him and stand still until Joshua defeated every one of his enemies. Can I be honest with you? I feel sorry for anybody that's trying to fight you. If they know who you are in Christ, they will not even try. I feel sorry for every one of your enemies. I've seen some of, some of mine died before their time. <laughs> God will fight your battle. It's one thing I've, I told you. Your praise will make every Jordan in your life back up. It's the second thing I'm telling you. The third thing I'm telling you is that your mouth, you can command things to happen and it will be so. Hallelujah. Joshua fought so many of his enemies and they have victory after victory after victory. The book of Joshua literally listed every kingdom, every city that Joshua and the people of God achieved victory. Let me give you a little, a little advice. Begin to record your victories. You know how people will rise up on the job trying to cause you 
to get fired? When the Lord brought you, make a note. <laughs> I'm keeping a journal like that. Every time the Lord bring me out, I say hallelujah. Every time the devil raises ugly head, I say to myself, son, don't worry, this too shall pass. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of defeat. I'm coming out of struggle. I'm coming out of poverty. I'm coming out of sickness. I mean, I just encourage myself in the Lord. And guess what? I witnessed victories after victories. And then I've been making Jonah. I was say, look at that. Look at that. Look at this one. Look at that one. Record your victory. Record your memorable victories. Record your miracles. Then we go to the third section. You see, I told you the first section is entering to the promised land. That's chapter 1 through chapter 5. The second section is really all these battles. That's chapter 6, you know, all the way to chapter 16. Uh, actually, chapter 13, but through 16. And then you, you get chapter 16 through chapter 22. This is where you see the division of the land. Now, this is not the most pleasant reading of the Bible, but it's important theologically. Every tribe now has an inheritance. Remember, one thing, God promised it to their forefather 500 plus years ago. What's the lesson? God keep his word. Grass may wither, flowers may fade, but when God says something, it will stand forever. That's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The Bible also said in the book of Numbers, you know we deal with the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. You know what he says? God is not a man. It's not like you and me. He doesn't flip-flop. If he says something, he would do it. When God makes you a promise, he will make it to come to pass. Now you see the people of God. Now they're sitting back and dividing the spoils. You know why? Because God said it to their forefather, Abraham, over 500 years ago, I will bless you. I will give you land. I will give you a child. And those promises are now fulfilled. God said to Abraham, I will take you to a promised land. And now they're in that promised land. They're defining this, the, the land. Say, okay, all right, Morris, that section is for you. Josh, that section is for you. Matthew, that section is for you. Hey, Mary, that's your section. Susan, that's your section. It's beautiful. Every tribe have an inheritance. Ooh, I can preach this all day. Number one, get this from me as your friend in the Lord. Just a theologian who just loves the Lord, who understands the scripture. God is giving me a download, even as I'm talking to you right now. There is an inheritance for you. If you grab hold of what I just said now, your life will never be the same again. You are not sent here on this planet to struggle and beg and stay sick and defeated. No, there is an inheritance for you and your family. The second thing I will have to tell you, oh, I wish I had my time. You see, the devil will try to steal 
your inheritance, that which belongs to you. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the devil come to kill, to steal, to destroy. If you don't fight for your own inheritance, you will never have it. You see, I have some technicians here with me here. I can give one of them $5,000. But if you don't keep it, somebody will come and beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I tell you, you got to, as a child of God, you got to learn how to fight. Fight for your miracle. Fight for your blessing. You say, I thought you said God give it to me. Yes, God gave it to you, but there is a devil. Who wants to steal from you what God has given to you? What mother would not fight for, for her own child? Even, even dogs and, and chicken know that. You mess with a, a chicken's uh, baby. They'll bite your neck. <laughs> the same thing, the spirit. You got to fight for your own miracle. If the Bible say, in fact, the Bible did say, he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. By his stripe, you are healed. You see, God already gave it to you. Guess what you need to do now? Yes, sir. <laughs> you got to fight to protect that miracle. Hallelujah. Every tribe got a piece of land. The question are they going to keep it? I wish I have time to tell you. In the Bible, Caleb was 75 years old. Caleb said to Joshua, See, give me this mountain. And Caleb went up and fight. He said, He said, This is my inheritance. It was given to me. He drove out all those giants. In the portion of the land that was given to his family for inheritance. That's what I'm telling you. Don't be a sissy. Don't, 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 don't. Don't be a pushover. Don't, don't be a walkover. No. Fight for your miracle. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me end this by telling you, because I know, I don't know about you, I'm enjoying this, as you can tell. So I don't need no book, just chilling this. <laughs> Now the people have divided the land. Everybody got an inheritance. So do you. So do I. So do our children. None of our children have a reason to be a bump out. Are you listening to me? None of your children, none of my children has a reason to be a failure. Pray them out of it. In Jesus' name. Now, Joshua assembled everybody. He said, okay, number one, we made an entry into this promised land. Number two, we fought tooth and nail, all of our enemies. Number three, or section three, we get inheritance. Every tribe got a piece of the pie. You know how the songwriters say, moving on, on. <laughs> <laughs> to decide, <laughs> we finally got a piece of the pie. 
Hallelujah. That's my testimony. I remember when I first came into this country, they had nothing, man. Who humble suffered? But look at God. We finally got a piece of the pie. <laughs> I pray that will be your testimony. I pray that will be your the testimony of your children and your children's children. I pray that God will give them the grace to inherit the land. I break every generational curse in your rank. In the name of Jesus, I cover you with the blood of Jesus right now. It shall be well with you. Joshua looked everybody in the face. He said, okay, now we're all set to now. But let me tell you, don't forget God. Remember all of the miracles. Remember the faithfulness of God to our fathers, to our forefathers. Remember how he healed us when we were sick. And I'm saying the same thing to you as I close. Remember how good God has been to you. Remember how he's been a shelter in time of your storm. Remember how he made a way out of no way. Remember how he healed your body. Remember when friends are few, how God was there. He was closer than a brother to you. Joshua established so many memorials, so many altars, so they won't forget. And then he warned them. If you obey God, your life will be blessed. Your life will be full of abundance. Your life will be full of miracles. But if you disobey God, you see, the same thing that happens to all these Canaanites that were just defeated, that we just whooped their behind, will happen to you. You will lose your inheritance. You will be driven into exile. You will lose what you got. He said, so I'm calling you, I'm challenging you. And it, it just happened that my name is Joshua. I'm saying the same thing to you. Joshua said, let me, let, the book ended with this note. He said, choose this day who you're going to serve. Joshua said, but as for me in my house, and I'm saying that to you, with every fiber in my bone, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How about you? Think about it. And may God bless you until we meet again. Let me encourage you. If this message has blessed you, if you're learning the word of God, I know I'm, I'm chilling here and just making it happen by the grace of the good Lord. If you want to bless this ministry, see, cause to produce and to share with you. Let me encourage you to visit our website, www.zionhill.com. And if the Lord put it in your heart to bless us, to encourage us with your giving, please feel free to do so. We will appreciate your support. Can I tell you something? When you see my face like this, whether we're talking locally, nationally, Internationally, we could not have done it except by the grace of God and the support of God's people. God can use you also 
to be a blessing to us. And by the way, let me also mention, if you're going through some challenges of life right now, I know I smile a lot and I'm full of joy. My name is Joy. Everybody in my house, their middle name is Joy. But believe me, I also know what it means to go through trial, to go through trouble, to go through sicknesses. And I can tell you how many times God brought me through, through the prayer and help of the saints. If you are going through some trials right now, you see there's a number under the screen as I'm talking to you now. Thanks to all of our staff for making it happen. Doubt that number. Ask somebody to pray with you. They just want to help. These are ministers of the gospel just like me. See, all of us are called. Some are called to preach. Some called to teach. Some called to prophesy. Some called to evangelize. Some, I mean, some called to, to pray. Some called to lay hand. It just amazes me how many pastors we have in our church and everybody in their rightful place to be a blessing to you. Don't go through things by yourself. Give them a call. Call that number under the screen. Let somebody pray with you. Let somebody rejoice with you. Let somebody agree with you in prayer. The prayer of the righteous, I feel it much. Again, I thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next week at the same time. God bless you.